Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the elder and disability law firm of Victoria L. Collier. Hello, and welcome to Senior Salute Radio. I am your host, Victoria Collier. Senior Salute Radio brings timely information to leading age boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. And today we will be highlighting the AJC Decatur Book Festival and writing books. And with us we have Philip Refshoon, Program Director of the AJC Decatur Book Festival, and Daphne Riley, local co-author of A Tapestry of Love. And what I'd like to start with is, Philip, the AJC Decatur Book Festival is coming up this weekend, right? Pretty pretty soon. Yeah, <laughs> today is Thursday. We, we kick off tomorrow. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself as director and how you got to be in this position and what you did before you were heading this up. Sure. I'm always happy to talk about my experiences. I've been with the festival. This is my third year as program director. And what I do is I manage the team that puts together all of the programs at the festival. The The festival is the largest independent book festival in the country. And what a lot of people see is the huge street fair that we have, which is fantastic. It's a book market and street fair, but there's, there's tons of author programs going on throughout the festival. And we have over 20 stages full of author events that run all day, Saturday and Sunday, uh, a keynote event on Friday, a kid note event on Friday, and what I do is manage all of the programs that go on on all of those stages. And so you must like books a little bit. I like them a little bit, okay. yeah, and, little. And, and I like the people that, that, that read the books. Okay. Um, well, tell me a little bit about your history. Uh, what sure. did you do before? Before I um, was the program director for the AJC Decatur Book Festival, I had my own bookstore, Outright Bookstore and Coffee House, which was located uh, for 18 years in Midtown Atlanta. And Outright was a bookstore and coffee house focused on the LGBT community. And we were more than a bookstore. We were a basically a community center for the community. And um, I have a good experience working with books there. And we did a lot of great events. Wonderful. And you have also been in the corporate world. I I. I, I I have been. I started out, I'm, I'm almost from Atlanta. I've been here since I was six years old. Uh, went to Georgia Tech for a business degree. And when I got out of school, I went to work for NCR Corporation and sold mainframe computers around the South for 10 years. And in 1993, I thought it was time for a change and, and wanted to open a bookstore for the community and a place that people could walk to and, and meet with each other. And I opened outright. So it was a transition going from the corporate world to being an entrepreneur and now I've made a transition back to working in to working in the nonprofit world and working for this great book festival. And I imagine that both of those experiences has helped the Decatur Book Festival be so successful because setting up all these projects in my mind sounds like a lot of sales. You've got to collect the authors, you've got to collect you know vendors if you will or supporters and mm -hmm. uh, things like that. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of it, it's a lot of selling the festival. We work uh, basically the whole year round. We start out very strong in January and work with uh, the publishers, the authors, the publicists, and and tell them what we're planning for the festival. Uh, we have an eye out for authors and, and the new stuff that they have coming out. And we also have an eye out 
for the community and find listening to what the community wants to see at the festival. And we kind of put it all together. So it's it's selling to the publishers to send their authors to the festival, send in, selling to the authors to come here, but it's also managing all the intricate pieces of over 600 authors that come to the festival. Right, right. And I can't even imagine. I know I was an author that was a um, contributor at the festival a couple years ago with a book that I had written um, with my spouse called Getting to Baby, Creating Your Family Faster, Easier, and Less Expensive Through Fertility. And I was up on stage for 10 minutes and I was mm -hmm. so nervous and I wouldn't have even known there were any other authors around, <laughs> you know, but but it is getting bigger and better every year, it seems. Um, and the pamphlet alone, um, the directory, um, really seems clear about all the different things you've got going on for kids and just different genres. So tell me more about the specialties uh, that people would be interested to go sure, see. Sure, sure. Good question. We'd like to think of ourselves as a festival that has something for everybody in the liter literary world. So we try to find something for every age group, gender, uh, background, culture, and, and we look at making sure that we have a strong list in every genre in literature, be it fiction, history, science, biography, uh, science fiction, uh, children's is an amazing part of the festival. The teen stage is well. In, in front on the brochure itself, <laughs> it has a dinosaur on there, and of course, I, I have five-year-old twins, and I couldn't overlook the front of this and mm -hmm. thinking they were going to take it from me. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> so, right. Bookzilla um, is our mascot, and um, this is his. Uh, this is, I think, his best appearance at the festival <laughs> in, a, in a drawing done by uh, the great Mike Lukovic, who is the uh, cartoonist for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if you haven't gotten this, this program yet, it was in last Sunday's AJC and basically in every bookstore in the metro area. And, and libraries as and well. And libraries and everywhere you can think of in Decatur. It's got a great cover. And inside the program, you'll find a write-up of everything that we're doing at the festival. So there's something that speaks to everybody. Well, I know um, I was going to have, and, and I'm partial to kids, I was going to have my son here today. He's five, who's been writing books, but he was a little shy. Do you find that it's hard to get authors to come, especially if they're coming from out of town? Or is it really competitive and you actually have to turn some away? Um, yes is the answer to both of those questions. It's, it's, it's a job uh, getting the right mix and then getting the author's uh, that we want. We start out at the beginning of the year, like I said, looking for everybody and, and in, we work with the publishers and then in late March or early April, we go to New York and have our list of who we'd like to see and the publishers have their list of who they want to send and hopefully it's a good mesh and, and, and we get a lot of the people that we want. And, and the reason that we are successful is because, uh, is because the publishers and the authors know how well we treat everybody here. We, we we treat our authors like rock stars. And when they when they come to Decatur, we make sure that everything is taken care of for them. We we put them up in our hotel DPF and uh, we we have a great party for them on Saturday night. So the the selling part of it is is not hard to the people that have been in the publishing business for a while. It's the newcomers and the people that are in there. You got to tell them about the festival. And uh, so we do a pretty good job of getting the people here that we want. And it's the mix that we want. Not 100 percent, but 
maybe 80%. And, and we have a lot of people applying. We find some great authors by the people that, that pitch their new books to us. Um, I, honestly, one of the hardest parts of the festival is, is turning authors down because we, even though we have hundreds, we can only, we only have so many stages. So right. that's a tough thing to do. But right. if you come out to the festival, you can find a great mix of people. Right. Well, you are listening to Senior Salute Radio presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we are speaking with Philip Rafshun, who is the director the program director of the AJC Decatur Book Festival. So, Philip, can you tell me what is new this year that has not happened in the past? Well, that's a really good question. We have a couple of things that we're really, really, really excited about. One is what we call our personal journeys track. And that is a track of memoirs and narrative nonfiction. And it's modeled after the personal journeys column that you'll see in every Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Memoirs are so strong all over the publishing world right now. In fact, there was an article in the New York Times asking why anybody under 30 should be allowed to write a memoir because there's so many out there but there's some great stories and and along that line as far as memoirs i've got a question on that is do you have to be famous to be successful with a memoir because like i have a memoir in my head i'd like to write um i have the title and everything but I think, well, who's going to read that unless I've done something significant that the world knows about? Yeah. Um, so tell me about well, that. I think the answer to that question is, is there, you know, there's a difference between a biography and a memoir. Mm -hmm. A biography is a story about a person's life or mm -hmm. an autobiography is all about their life. But a memoir is just a slice of their life. And so you can not be a famous person and and write a good story about a part of your life. Think about uh, Cheryl Strayed with Wild. She was, you know, she was not a movie star. Uh, she was not um, a politician, but she had a great story about her journey. And that's why we call this track Personal Journeys. Some of the people that we have on there, uh, one is Elizabeth Alexander, who was the poet at uh, Barack Obama's 2009 inauguration with praise song for the day. And she's coming uh, on Sunday uh, at 1.15 at the Decatur Presbyterian Church uh, for her memoir, The Light of the World, which is the story of the, about the sudden death of her husband and how it affected her, which affected, uh, you know, it, it really is about their whole life and their life together and about the sudden death of her husband. Uh, another great memoir we have, and, and this is going to be one of our top programs at the festival, is Kent and Amber Brantley. They had gone to Liberia to take care of people with Ebola. And you may recall that Kent mm -hmm. came down with contracted, Ebola. Right. He contracted Ebola. And he was the person, the first person, if you remember, uh, almost a year ago, a year ago and a month, they flew him to Atlanta and to Emory and was the first person treated here at Emory University Hospital and the first person treated in the United States and he survived. And he's going to be at the festival on Saturday uh, afternoon at the uh, First Baptist Church of Decatur with his wife, Amber. They've written a book called Called for Life. Mm -hmm. And it's about why they went there to help people and their story of contracting Ebola and and and, and their, their sur survival and mm -hmm. their 
their victory. Well, and it's still so new to Atlanta and so close to home, even though it was, you know, they had to go abroad for mm-hmm. it, but it's so close to home that yeah. that should be a huge draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one, one more friend that I, I, two more people that I just really have to give a shout out on that personal journeys track are uh, Jamie Prickhouse, who has a great, one of my favorite memoirs called Dangerous When Wet. And it's about him growing up in Texas with a uh, larger than life mother who's just very animated. He grows up, he's gay, he comes out, he becomes very big in the publishing world. And, but he realizes he has a drinking problem. And, uh, he, it's all about, you know, his story, all the fantastic things that happened with him, his recovery and how, you know, how he survived. And it's a really touching and hysterical memoir. And one And what more, is that called? Uh, dangerous when, dangerous when wet. Okay. And that's, uh, 415 on Saturday afternoon at the old courthouse in Decatur. And, uh, Barton Swaim on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock at the Decatur Library. Uh, he has a book called The Speechwriter. Barton was the speechwriter for, uh, former governor Mark Sanford of South Carolina, the guy who uh, had a mistress in uh, Argentina and mm-hmm. went, told everybody he was hiking on the uh, Appalachian Trail. And and he's gonna be, the, the memoir has gotten great <laughs> great reviews, but, but, but he was his speechwriter. And it really tells you about what went on behind the scenes uh, in the office and how the people were treated when they were trying to spin this story. That this panel is going to be really, really interesting because the person interviewing him is uh, Lisa Shore, uh, formerly Lisa Barron, and she was the um, she was uh, one of the behind the scenes people in uh, Ralph Reed's campaign and and the Moral major- Majority, and it's about what went on behind the scenes there. And the she's, scandal, yeah. Yeah, so she has a book called Life of the Party, so it'll be a great conversation. You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, and we are talking with Philip Rashoon, the program director of the AJC Decatur Book Festival. And as you talk, you know, and after I looked at the brochure, how does one decide what to go see because you want to see it all? It's like at a buffet with all of your favorites, and you know you can't eat it all. Um but I also want to talk about, because you said earlier that it's like a street festival, but you actually have activities going on at different locations, even in areas that are not downtown Decatur, like mm-hmm. at Emory. And so talk about, you know, the different locations sure. that activities are going on and, and how does one look through the schedule sure, and decide? Sure, absolutely. But let me tell you a little bit about the locations. On on uh, Friday, we have an event at the Decatur High School called the Kid Note event and that's basically a keynote for kids and it's with uh judy shackner the beloved author of the skippy john jones books and then friday night at eight o'clock and i hate to tell you about this because it's a sold out event uh but it is our keynote event with uh erica jong who wrote fear of flying back in 1973 she has a brand new book out mm-hmm. called fear of dying which is a hilarious story about a woman in her 60s trying to live her own life and at the same time care for her husband who's not doing very well her kid her child and her aging parents and it's a really great book and she's the population we serve here absolutely at absolutely what i loved most about what you said is it's a hilarious story about dying um because people don't see that side of it mm-hmm. the funny side of of life yeah and yeah part of life is death so uh, so that's sold out um. that is sold out she's in conversation with a real important up-and-coming writer who's also going to be a hoot 
uh, Roxane Gay. She's a uh, great voice, uh, writes a lot about culture and identity. And uh, but if you miss that event, they're both at other other uh, they both have other sessions at the festival. Uh, but to get back to your question about where to go, everything else takes place in walking distance in downtown Decatur. Uh, the events kick off Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. We go till six o'clock on Saturday and then Sunday, 12 to six. The, 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 you brought up the first step you got to take to to make the most of your uh, time here at the AJC Decatur Book Festival and and take a look at the schedule, whether it be in the program that you pick up or online at decaturbookfestival.com. Plan plan your plan your trip and and pick out what you want to see and and I'd recommend trying to see a little bit of everything. Uh, and I'm going to tell you about a few more new things in a bit, but but take a look at that schedule. I went to another book festival last year because I happened to be in town it wasn't as big a festival and i don't think it was as great a festival of course it a, not it was a really good festival not. and i made the mistake of not planning <laughs> what i was going to see and you know i missed a lot of things i i was fortunate that i ran into a couple of really good ones but you know there's so much to see and do and uh, the good thing about our festival is they uh, except for the children's stage everything starts at the same time so you can plan your day uh, i know that when i first learned of the decatur book festival I was um, coming to work on Monday, which was the Labor Day holiday. And this was years ago before I had kids and I restructured my schedule. But I was coming to work. Um, it was maybe on Sunday um, or anyway, it was Sunday or Monday. And it and I worked here in this building, which is the Fidelity Bank building in um, Decatur, downtown Decatur. And I saw that there was a particular speaker at the church across the street. Uh, speaking about his experience in um, Iraq as a journalist. And so I stumbled over there, mm -hmm. and it was so phenomenal and so compelling to me. And so I made it a point that every Labor Day I need to be here, mm -hmm. and in fact entered with some of you know, my books um, as, a, as a guest there. Um, so what... I want to know about is what you're most excited about, but it sounds like you're excited about all of this um, and some new stuff that you still want to share. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, you know, I always hate to say what am I most excited about because all of my authors are, are are fantastic. But but the other big new thing that's really going to stand out this year is our food and cooking stage, and it's going to be right in the middle of the festival at the corner of Claremont and Ponce de Leon, and we're going to have both cooking demonstrations and food talks. Uh, some of the big names you're going to find that are doing cooking demos are uh, a lot of locals that have hit it really big with some new books out. Uh, Stephen Satterfield from Miller Union over on the west side. Uh, Hugh Aitchison from uh, Empire State South are going to be cooking together. Natalie Dupree and Cynthia Grobert, who are just great, great southern cooks. Um, Virginia Willis has a, has a book out called Lighten Up Y'all, which is about Southern cooking <laughs> lighter. Uh, and she's going to be cooking with Rebecca Lang, who has a book on fried chicken. So we're gonna <laughs> that's kind of a, a yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 I'm dying to see chicken what they're <laughs> I'm dying to see what they're going to uh, make. Uh, Dora Charles, who was the chef at a very famous Savannah restaurant, Lady and Sons. Uh, has come out with her first cookbook after she split with uh, Ms. Dean. So this is the launch of her cookbook. And and Kat Cora, who was the first uh, winner of the first female winner of Iron Chef America uh, on TV, has her memoir, which is 
great. It's called Cooking as Fast as I Can. And from a business perspective, because this is DeKalb Business Radio X, what I'm hearing as well is you can have your own profession and your own right be very successful, but having a book and highlighting the book and featuring the book helps your profession and helps your business. Is that what you're seeing as that's a, a big draw? It's a great way of looking at it, uh, you know, especially in the, in the food and cooking world. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'd never really thought about it that way, but I think it, it really is whatever you're doing and your experiences, writing and getting published is re- really says something today. And when, when, when I closed my bookstore three years ago, people thought that the book was going away. Ebook sales were growing. They were going up like, you know, straight up and print book sales were falling. And now it's, now it's reversed. Ebook sales are leveling off. Print book sales are rising. Uh, new bookstores are opening around the country and there's a lot of love for literature. So, um, that's good to hear. Yeah. And I know with our population, the seniors, is they like having the print mm-hmm. in their hands, feeling it. You get this whole emotion just by turning a pages sure. that I don't think you can get when you're flipping through an electronic device. Right, right. <laughs> so. And, you know, I feel that way, too. But but at, at some point, I don't know that we even need to make the comparison because what we want to do is get people reading. And, and, and give people that love of reading and, and the whole experience of reading. And, and by having such a great festival and bringing this to the community, it really encourages people to read. I like to say we're a festival not for just readers, even though Mike Lukovic <laughs> on the cover has our uh, bookzilla monster eating the non-readers. But sure. we're a festival for everybody. And there's some topic that maybe you don't think you're a reader. Uh, but you're going to find some interesting stuff and you might get a book. And it's, you know, writers really influence the world. A lot of the books and a lot of the authors that you'll see here are going to get the books made into movies, are going to get the books made into TV shows with all the great quality TV shows coming coming out now. So you'll 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 find some people that are they're going to be the next big thing. And do you all have um, a direct influence on that as far as a book going to film or a book going to TV? Or is that just independent? It happens to be... I'd say it's a, it's a mix up of it. I mean, certainly the authors that come to the AJC Decatur Book Festival put this, put their involvement here as a feather in their cap and it, it just highlights the, the strength of, of their stories and their work. Well, and Atlanta is the new Hollywood, so it's a good place to have the book festival for writers who want to be on screen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Great. Now, I did want to clarify one question and one is that you said it starts at six in the morning it starts at, what time thank did you god say it, it doesn't start at six in the morning it starts at 10 in the morning, in the morning. and goes till six okay. in the afternoon and a couple years ago i know that when i read in uh the brochure and i attended there was like a midnight event for risque poetry writers and and readers do you have any off market um events like that as well this year? We don't this year. Okay. We don't this year. It's all well, I'm glad uh, I went on to the that schedule. One. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How was it? Uh, it was great. Okay. Well, maybe I we write poetry it and it was, like I said, risque. And it was at midnight, which was perfect, yeah. you know, for that kind of activity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was great. So, so what do you do when it's all over? I breathe a little. Um, do you go read a book? I, I get to read. <laughs> I have a list of things that I'm dying to read now. Uh, I like to travel a bit and, uh, we have about three months downtime. I do some consulting, uh, in that period with, uh, bookstores and, uh, some political organizations. 
and I, I take a break and spend a little more time with my friends and family and my partner. Right. And so remind us where they can find the brochure, which outlines what they would want to do over the weekend. It is in libraries all over the city, at bookstores all over the city, all around the city of Decatur anywhere, and uh, online at DecaturBookFestival.com. And it starts this Saturday. This Saturday at 10 a.m. At 10. <laughs> and it goes till 6 p.m. and Sunday noon till 6 p.m. Wonderful. A couple of things I want to get in about Please the festival. Make sure you check out a few other things on the on, on the square right here. Uh, the Emerging Author Stage, where, where you have... That's where I that's have That's where you read, which is is brand new authors talking about their books, and, and you'll find some great people out there. We, we do have the, the Romance Writers Pavilion, which is... That's uh, where I'll be. That's where I'll <laughs> stop by <laughs> in listen. off hours. Absolutely. Not <laughs> at midnight, romantic. during regular, regular <laughs> festival hours. Uh, for kids, we have two parades. The one on Saturday is with Drew Daywalt who uh, wrote The Day the Crayons Quit. He's coming here to launch The Day the Crayons Came Home, and it's going to be a parade where people get to dress up in crayons. Right. And then on Sunday at noon is Robin Priest-Glasser and, and uh, Jane O'Connor. Uh, they're the authors of Fancy Nancy, and it's going to be a very trace chic parade. <laughs> uh, the cooking stage is right in the middle. Uh, everything at the um, festival is free. And uh, so there's no need to be concerned about tickets. Just plan your schedule and get to the things you want and get there early because some of them are going to fill up. Now, is there food provided, like food trucks and stuff yes, like that? Yes, we have, we have like any great festival. And that's not festival, free, though, right? That's not free. Okay. But just like any great, fe great festival, <laughs> we do have corn dogs yeah. and we do have a lot of great yeah. food trucks out there. And, of course, in Decatur, there are some fantastic restaurants. And, and, and one of the reasons that the festival is so incredibly successful is because we have uh, just a great walking and and dining and shopping scene here. Uh, there's a Marta station right below the plaza where everything happens and it's it's easy to get to. It's just a great neighborhood strolling feeling. You'll want to plan the event you go to, but you want to you'll want to uh, leave a little extra time just to watch people and take in the shops and the dining. Right, right. Well, Philip, you have put together an excellent program, and it's clear that you just absolutely love doing this um, and love books. And I want to appreciate, I want to say thank you for coming in because I know that with it being just two days away that you've got to be busy. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me on. It's been a real pleasure, and I, I really appreciate this opportunity to talk about the book festival. You're welcome. Well, we should all be at the book festival this weekend in Absolutely. Decatur. So thank you. This is Senior Salute Radio presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And now we're going to shift our focus to Daphne Riley, who is a local co-author of a book called A Tapestry of Love. Welcome, Daphne. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. So, Daphne, um, you are an author, and your book is called A Tapestry of Love. And what I'd like you to do is give us an introduction as to what that book is about, and then I want to talk really about your inspiration for the book. Okay. Well, um, A Tapestry of Love is a book about the spiritual practices that are supportive for caregivers. And we, uh, Joe LaGuardia and I, who's my um, co-author, 
we decided to use as our inspiration the story in Luke about Martha and Mary and Jesus's visit and how Martha always got the bad rap and Mary was, you know, held up as as the perfect sister. <laughs> so we address the um, the nuances of that story and how so many of us who are caregivers get caught up in the same traps that Martha and Mary did. And uh, we like to show people that caregiving itself is a spiritual practice, but then it's also supported by various spiritual practices. So we cover a practice within each chapter. And so that by the end of the book, you have a bit of a library built up for you. To support you as you're caregiving. Yes. Either caregiving for yourself or caregiving of others. Yes. Because when we care of others, we have to take care of ourselves, right? (laughs) That's the point. Yes. (laughs) Which is the one thing that goes neglected. Absolutely. So what was your inspiration of writing this? Well, I was my mother's caregiver for the last four years of her life. Uh, She had developed Alzheimer's. I was her legal guardian and conservator, so... There was a lot that I was responsible for, um, for a woman who at the beginning didn't understand why I was butting in, you know, and I hear that story a whole lot. Why are you taking over my life? Exactly. I can do this. (laughs) So I really struggled because I didn't have um, spiritual support while I was going through that. And after she passed away, I had been introduced to a community of faith that I just fell in love with. And it was through a mentor that I had there who encouraged me to write about the things that I was processing, whether it was grief, whether it was anger at God or just innumerable things. Um, And so I kind of credit him with getting me to start writing. But he also introduced me to Joe. And Joe has a caregiver Uh, ministry at the church of which he's a senior pastor and he and I met and immediately clicked and we started talking about the stresses uh, that are endemic to caregiving and we looked at each other and said we ought to write a book (laughs) so we did it took us um, about four years because we would get together once a week um, across the desk from each other we'd have our laptops open and we literally wrote a sentence at a time Mm -hmm. together and uh, we learned how to trust each other in word choices and back off when the passion was high as far as no I've got to have I've got to say this this particular way and um, it was an incredible learning experience number one of how to trust somebody else with that kind of vulnerability because as you know as an author um when you're writing, you're really just, you're pouring yourself out. I mean, Extremely you're, vulnerable. Oh, man. And if somebody comes back and says, well, you know, I don't like that word. You're like, what? It's like <laughs> they're saying, I don't like you. Exactly. Exactly. So it took a while, but um, we also strove to um, make sure that as you read the book, you couldn't tell where one of us was speaking and the other one was silent. So, um I it really, is an extremely fluid book. That way oh. you'd never know there were two authors. Um, and quite honestly, from an author's perspective, I don't know how you could do that. 
Um, because I am so strong in my own convictions, you know, um, but it's beautifully written. Um, but it sounds like you first started writing for yourself. Oh, absolutely. And then saw how that would benefit others. I started, um, journaling and I would buy fancy journals to begin with. And then I couldn't afford that anymore. So I, I would get, you know, those that are like nine, 10, 17, $25 a piece, right? right? So I go to the comp books. <laughs> so, you know, time to buy school supplies. I buy extra for me. And um, I journal every day. And during that process of grieving my mother's death, and, and there was a lot going on in my life at the time. I'd had a hysterectomy right before my mother died. So and I never really even addressed that. So there was a lot that I had on my heart to get out and to to try and understand, you know, what, why did that happen to me? And where do I go from here? Um, how could it have been better? And that's an important question that I found. And that I have to thank my mentors for is asking me that question. Um, you know, reflect on that. How could it have been better? If you're so miserable, if you were so miserable going through it, how could it have been better? Don't just complain. Come up with a solution. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Duh. We see that in yeah. every aspect of life, in our businesses, in our families, in everything. Absolutely. It's an important lesson to learn. Well, that's why your book is so good for so many people, because it is a life lesson. Um, it's not related only to caregiving. It's not related right. only to those who are seeking spirituality or have it. It's helpful for everybody. That's that was the goal. Um, we're always looking at ways of reaching out to people who are isolated or who a term that Joe and I use a lot who are broken. Um, and if we get aren't we all broken? Exactly. <laughs> so, if we get yeah. down to it, yes, yeah. we are all broken. We all have something about our own lives, our family lives, our family history, something that's impacted us to such a degree that we need to process it. And what better way to process it than through a loving relationship? And I'm talking about that of a higher power, however you want to address that. And um, with spiritual disciplines, you it's a discipline. It's a practice. You sit down like every day at a regular time, regular place and in a regular way and force the question. And so it's amazing the things that come out when you when you start writing that down. You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we are speaking with Daphne Riley, co-author of A Tapestry of Love. Now, Daphne, um, how... Do you like your written materials to be used? Well, um, I love for people just to pick them up and read them. I for said, entertainment? Yeah. Yes, of okay. course. Actually, light, light reading. Okay. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> um, when, when we first published them, we sent out, we took about 30 books a piece and we sent them just all over the country to people that we knew. And I don't know how many people called me or emailed me and said, I I got it in the mail. It's great. I sat down and read it in one, you know, in one fell swoop. And I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> so you want them to lament on certain sections. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In fact, I do Refl at least deeply reflect on it. 
Um, and I, you know, I can teach classes on it. I've led a Sunday school class. Um, I use it as the basis for workshops that I give to various organizations. So it, it has the potential. It has um, questions at the end of each chapter. So it, so it can both, be a, a working book. Absolutely. And you can take slices out and focus on that. Almost like yes. a sermon. Yes. Um, <laughs> many sermons. Exactly. Many <laughs> sermons. And so what's next for you? Are you still writing? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've got two books that I'm working on right now. Um, one of my own, uh, it's a collection of essays that I've written from the time right after my mother's death, um, up through about a year ago. And, um, that's amazingly difficult to figure out how to organize that and, you know, do a little editing after the fact and all Being that. Being an author is not so easy, is it? <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> but very rewarding, it sounds like. Uh, and so. the, the other book is um, the follow-up book to Tapestry, and it's going to be uh, Taking It to Heart. There are going to be specific meditations for people who are under care for receiving, you know, they've got a chronic illness um, or just maybe a long recuperative time after surgery. Uh, there are certain things that they move through, and so we're going to be providing meditations for them over that period. And when do you expect that book to be finished? Is it going to take four years? <laughs> well, it's already taken about two. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe in 2017? <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we were hoping for this fall, but I'm thinking probably next fall. Okay, so. but you're local, um, and so people can get your books. How can they find you and find your books? Well, we have a website, uh, www.atapestryoflove.com. Uh, through that website, you can order my book. Joe's got a, his own book out, um, and this other book will be placed there. We have resources. We have blogs, that sort of thing. It's a great website. Please go see it. And um, you can tweet, follow me. You know, I'm, I'm new at that. I have teenagers, so they may be where do we follow Twitter you? <laughs> uh, at Daphne Riley. Real creative there. Mm -hmm. And on Facebook, you can follow Ripples of Grace. Uh, and it's just Facebook.com. Okay. And also, because your book ties in very well with what we do at the law firm, the Elder and Disciplinary Law Firm, is that we help families going through crisis, taking care of others, uh, health care issues, planning for long-term care. And so we also, at the Elder and Disability Law Firm at Victoria L. Collier, we keep that in our resource center for mm -hmm. our clients, as well as you can find it on our website, elderlawgeorgia.com. Well, Daphne, thank you so much for sharing your experience and sharing your book with us and your insights for caregivers. I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, you are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm at Victoria Collier. And there are a few other um, highlights and books I'd like to mention before we leave today. And we usually highlight a senior on every show, and I don't have a senior with me here today. However, I do have a book written by a senior who is a local author. His name is Julius Rainwater, and I'm very partial to his book. It is called Kiss Me, Soldier Boy, because it is a fictional story based on the real life of the Rainwater family where the men had the history and tradition of 
being in the military and it's through the span of the different wars in their family. And it is just a really neat historical uh, story about the military and the different wars. And that is Julius Rainwater. It's called Kiss Me Soldier Boy. And I feel certain you can find that on the internet. Uh, the other book I'd like to highlight is called 10 Strategies to Avoid Regrets. Regret Getting It Right, The Generational Impact of Our Life and Estate Plan, written by Gary Bottoms, who is an owner of the Bottoms Group, which is an insurance company to help people have insurance, um, employer's insurance, health insurance, and things like that. And because paying for care um, is such a big part of his business and a part of his life, he felt compelled to write a story on getting it right, um, because we all make so many mistakes when we don't have the right advisors. And then I would be remiss if I didn't mention the books that I personally have written. Um, My very first book that I wrote that's on Amazon.com is called 47 Secret Veterans Benefits for Seniors, and that is specific to wartime veterans who can receive tax-free income to help pay for long-term care to include home health care and assisted living care. And I have another book I've written on VA benefits that touches that topic. And the book that doesn't have to do with veterans benefits but still is in that line is called Don't Go Broke in a Nursing Home. And that's ways on how to leverage resources in order to pay for quality care and not always relying on the government assistance programs like Medicaid. And then we've also written blooper episodes in estate planning and elder law lessons from primetime tv and um, that one's a really funny book taking the lessons from the sitcoms from the 50s and 60s and then the book that's most personal to me is the one that i mentioned that i was on stage at the decatur book festival a couple years ago introducing as a new author uh, called getting to baby and that was our memoir if you would as far as the five years it took us to create our family and all the different processes it takes. And so um, that is available on Amazon.com, as is all the others, or on my website, elderlawgeorgia.com. And so I would like to thank everyone for listening to Senior Salute, which is a monthly show bringing timely information for leading age boomers and is available 24-7 online by visiting Senior Salute Radio com. I want to thank our guests and our listeners. We salute you.